Pages of Pim Better Podcast. Greetings, Voyagers. Welcome to the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. This is episode number 145. Today, the day of recording is Wednesday, March 4th, 2020. Good to be back, everybody. I'm sick. No jokes. Like I'm reading through the list of symptoms for the coronavirus, and I've got like all of them. And yeah, so I hope I don't have it. I mean, there's a lot of really ridiculous racist stuff being said here in New York about it, particularly in relation to the large Asian populations in Queens, and that really hurts my heart. Uh, so I'm not making any types of jokes like that. I, I legit I hope I don't have it. I got something. It's not good. We're on day three here, but we are strong here at TV TV Industries, and we push on. All right. My guest today is Morgan J. He is a comedian and a musician and a musical common comedian. Yeah, he does musical comedy and he does regular stand-up comedy. I saw him, I guess, about a little over a month ago now, yeah, in Industry City, which is those old warehouses in, uh, what's the neighborhood? In, um, oh my God, I used to work over there. Tim. Sunset Park. Blah! In Sunset Park, Brooklyn, it's these old warehouses that they converted into this like food court and all these cool places where you could go eat and shop. And there was a So Far Sound show there. If you are unfamiliar with So Far Sounds, I've had a guest or two on the podcast that I've seen perform there. But essentially, you sign up to go to an event. Here in New York, they're like every night practically or like every other night. And you don't know who's going to play. You also don't know if you're getting in. It's kind of a lottery system, and if they pick you, then you pay whatever, your 20 bucks per ticket or whatever, and you go, and it's typically in an intimate setting, in bars and bookshops. It could even be like an office building. Um, real low-key, it's not a ton of people. Often you're sitting on the floor, you're real close to the musicians, and you get to see three musicians that you've never seen before. We just went about a week and a half ago, and that was my seventh or eighth time going to a So Far Sound show, so we really love them. Um, actually, I hope she's cool with me saying this, but my partner first introduced me to these shows and when I was, we, we crossed paths overseas in Indonesia and she had showed me this, um, city of the sun show on so far and they were, it was really amazing. And then after we parted ways and I was by myself for six months or so, uh, I would watch that all the time and it made me think of her and it made me think of home. And then I went to my first Sofar Sound show like two weeks after being home for the first time after that six months. And now we're going to see City of the Sun in like a week. So, ah, full circle. Crazy, crazy. But I really like these shows. It can be hit or miss if, in terms of like if you like the artist or not. But even when I'm not like super into the music, I'm really appreciative of the fact that this is a really cool type of an atmosphere. So we went as part of our like anniversary type of a celebration and we saw three acts and one of those was... Morgan J. And he was really hilarious. And he does this, uh, a lot of crowd interaction stuff where he calls out people and he says like, how long have you been together? And he asks them this funny stuff and he incorporates them into the songs. So of course we got picked, <laughs> uh, which I was super nervous about at first, but it turned out to be really cool and really funny. And then we were hopping on the subway afterwards to go home. And he was in the, on the same train in the same car as us. We were talking a little bit and he talked about his podcast and I mentioned mine. Um, 
yeah, so we were going to try to do it while he was still here in New York and life happened. So we recorded this one remotely, me here in Brooklyn and him in LA. So I was really appreciative of the fact that he was able to get on today. Right after this, you're going to hear a song by him. And then after our, uh, after our interview, you'll hear another song as well. So I would request that you go check him out. Check out the show notes for this episode. You'll find his stuff. He also has a podcast of his own, and he's got some social media stuff and some videos and things like that on a YouTube page. So hit the show notes for this episode and go check that out. And if you hit the show notes for this episode, you will also find links to his music and his comedy. Sweet. Also, if you are able to support this podcast financially, you can do so by going to the show notes and clicking on my uh, Patreon link, or you can go straight to the Patreon website. It's patreon.com slash the voyages of Tim Vetter. That is a subscription-based service where you can give monthly, and it's anything from 50 cents to $5 to $10 to $100 to onward, and that will keep these episodes coming as all of the costs for the shirts and the stickers and the travel and all that stuff comes directly out of my pocket. So if you're not able to do so, word of mouth, talking to people goes a really long way and leaving five-star rating review on iTunes or anything like that, you know, SoundCloud and all those, Stitcher, that helps out a lot as well. So if you're able to do that, greatly appreciate you. Okay, folks, I hope you enjoy this episode with Morgan J. But first, a song. All right, so this first song is uh, it's called Split the Check. I have the salad, you have the salmon I see the waiter, the check is coming You look at me, I see you're thinking All we want to know now is how we gonna be paying Can we split the check, you clearly had more than me Can we split the check, you picked this place's bougie Can we split the check, what happened to equality Can we split the check, this can't cost 150 Whoa, no, 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 girl. How many glasses of Merlot did you order? A glass of wine can't be $18. This is bullshit. Why did we come here? Girl, you know that this is just the first date. We could have had a cheeseburger and a milkshake. But even after the salmon, you got some cheesecake. Don't even got a doggy bag that we can take home. We could have saved it for later after we make love. Take it out of the refrigerator, but you ate everything. And I'm not saying that to make you feel bad. In fact, I like that quality. But it's proven to be that it's healthier, girl, to have a half portion. Let's just have half of the food and save the other half for later. Now this is the part of the song that gets interactive. Now you, girl, with your man for three years, looking so attractive, what's your name, girl? Anna. I just want you to be honest with me. There's no right or wrong answers to this. Do you split the check on the first day? You know Anna? I don't mean no disrespect, but you look expensive as fuck. 
ask you a question. Do you remember if you split the check on the first date? Sounds like you paid for it, dude. <laughs> Sounds like you paid for it. And that's all right. Now, fellas, I want you to take notes right now. Fellas, 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 fellas. Or whoever occupies the male gender role in your relationship. Because ladies, they do this thing where if you're the man, you'll be like, Hey, boo-boo, I got it. And she'll be like, no, let's split it. And you'll be like, no, I insist I got it. And inside she's like, fuck yeah, you got it. <laughs> Anna. <laughs> Anna. Now, <laughs> me personally, I believe in chivalry. I believe a man should pay for it. But at this point in my life, economically, I have to adopt the other philosophy. Well, actually, when I wrote this song, I wasn't doing that well financially. But right now, I'm kind of killing the game a little bit. I got that second round money. Do you know what I mean when I say, well, I'll tell you what I mean when I say second round money. Like, back in the day, I used to go out with my friends and they'd be like, hey, bro, I got the first round. And I'd be like, you got the only round tonight. <laughs> you got the, you are, you are, you got the only round tonight. You are, you are, you got the only round tonight, 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 tonight. You are, you. <laughs> now I'm gonna wrap this song up, but I like, I like to do something special with this song. I'm gonna fade the song out like you would do on an album on your iPhone. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Can we split the check? You clearly had more than me. Can we split the check? You picked this place as bougie. Can we split the check? What happened to equality? Can we split the check? This can't cost 150. Can we split the check? You picked this place as bougie. Can we split the check? I'm asking you politely. Can we split the check? I only have some salad. Can we split the check and you have the salmon? Can we split the check and put the money in the money? Can we split the check and put the money in the money? Can we split the check and put the money in the money? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you, dude. Uh, it's cool to see you again. It is cool, man. I'm glad you followed up. I was, wonder I was wondering if you were going to hit me up about it or not. but Yeah, I want... I wanted to the week you were here and I mean, I, I, I can't go too much into detail, but work is a nightmare for me. Um, I bet it is. And I didn't get a chance, but appreciate it. I guess I should. Yeah, how's the message? Oh, she's great. She's going to be walking in here at any second. Um, okay. But that is, that is actually a good way to start this because Liz and I were on our like year anniversary thing. And so we were doing some stuff for a couple of days and we really love so far shows. So we went to the show in industry city mm -hmm. and I think I've been to like seven or eight at this point. And you know, it's mostly just straight music. I saw like a spoken word thing in uh, San Francisco. That was pretty cool. But <laughs> you started out 
And I'm not going to lie. Like I whispered to her, I'm like, what the hell is this? Because when you started yeah. out, before you started playing, you were like pumping up the crowd like it was a sports show. Like, what? Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, like, I was just being silly. I also did that to get myself in a silly mood. You know what I mean? But honestly, man, like, all right. So you started playing. And I mean, for people that don't know, like a really crucial component to what you do is the crowd interactions. And yeah. you, you started making your way around the room. And we're sitting in one chair with Les on my lap. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, oh, God, not us, not us, not us. Mm-hmm. But you could see the circle tightening of the people that you were picking out. <laughs> and yeah. eventually you landed on us for like a good portion of that first song. I was like, oh, of shit. Course. But it was super, super funny. Um, yeah, man, thank you. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, for people that don't know you, you do. Is it fair to say you do, you do musical comedy? I do, I do that, um, and I should also say now I branch out and I do stand-up. So for, for the show that you saw, because it's a full music show, I did all music. Mm. Uh, if you see me at a comedy club or performing at a college or a private event, I'll do some stand-up and then I'll do some music and I'll, do, uh, I'll, I'll change it up a little bit for sure. I've had a few people from different So Far shows that I've seen come on here before. Uh, what's your experience been like playing those shows? I love So Far Sounds, man. So Far Sounds gives me the opportunity to um, perform a longer set. And if you, like, I live in Los Angeles, and it's so rare that you ever get more than 10 minutes on stage. Oh. So as you can imagine, it, you don't really have time to relax, chill out, stretch, stretch your set out, discover new things. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've come from, like... I've been going to shows for a really long time and I come from going to like a lot of underground stuff. Like when I was in my teen years, I was going to punk shows and a lot of that is like, uh, DIY stuff, like self promoting, um, paying Mm -hmm. the bands yourself and that kind of stuff. And so I had seen a criticism of so far where people were like, well, they don't really pay the artists well. And so Mm -hmm. like if, if I'm hitting that like old part of me, that punk part of me, it's like, oh yeah, damn, like you really need to pay the artists well. But I'm assuming those shows, because no one's coming in particular to see you, like it's not a Morgan J show until you get there, that like it's yeah. more about being able to, um, you know, show yourself to, to a new audience and kind of promote yourself. I, I would agree with that. I don't think there's ever going to be a time in my life where I don't want to do a show for them. Uh, you know, I think the the, so far sounds has led to other opportunities for me to make more money, you know, um, getting private books, booking weddings or private gigs or whatever it is. So, you know, the, the the thing for so far sounds, it's all opportunity costs is what you're really getting. Um, they Mm. do pay a hundred dollars for each. I think they're raising how much we get paid, but, uh, I think that for a bigger artist, maybe it's not, good for them because their, their time and effort could be put some somewhere else. But me, I just love to perform. So, uh, and coming from a comedy background, I'm so grateful for an attentive audience like that. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And like I was saying, like, you know, those shows can be hit or miss, you know, you don't know what you're going to see. Sometimes you like the stuff, sometimes you don't. And you brought something that yeah, was the like, show that you went to that you saw me at the last band that kind of went on a little bit too long. It's from what I remember. Yeah, uh, no disrespect to anybody, but we were both like, we liked you a lot. And then like the other two, we were like, eh, kind of cold on those two. Um, well, I think what happens is a lot of musicians, so so far sounds, 
they, they do a good job finding new talent, but finding people that are really going to perform that is, and when I say perform, I mean like put on a show that's hard, Mm. you know, because there are a lot of really talented guitar players, piano players, singers, songwriters. Um, but when you're in a live audience, it's more, you're performing now. This is a, this is, this is a show and it's not like a little, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you brought something, you know, I'm not just blowing you up here cause you're on here, but you brought something really unique that we hadn't seen before at one of those shows and to, to kick off the show that, that was really fun. And I think people were into that. Yeah. I, I think uh, they could put me anywhere in the lineup, but I think first is good. I like going first or second on those shows because people leave after the second act. A lot of people leave after second acts in a lot of the shows. And I think the reason being is they're tired of sitting on the floor. I, I don't know uh, why. So I, I, I get, Oh, I'm sorry. In, so, in some respects, I get why they do that because it does give it a vibe, you know, but you, you know, a lot of times at these shows, you're sitting on like a hard concrete floor. Yeah, and we've done that. If you're an older person, the crowd, sometimes they have older people there. That could be tough on them. And so they, they'll leave after the first act or the second act, you know? Yeah, I understand that. I think they, I think they should offer chairs to some people. We went to a show. Uh, it was literally, yeah, like in like a warehouse in Bushwick. And it was a cement floor, like you were saying. But we, we saw these guys bring beach chairs and a cooler full of ice and like margarita mixers. And they're having their own little like beach party at the So Far Sound Show. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Well, some people do that, and I think that's cool because some people who've been there, they bring those little chairs that kind of have a back mm-hmm. on it a little bit, so you can kind of sit easier, you know. Um, so some people who are familiar with it, yeah, I get that. Uh, but long story short, I mean, I love doing the shows, so I mean, I'm going to keep doing them no matter what, you know. Yeah, you went to um, you went to school in New York, right? Yeah, I went to NYU for theater. Oh, okay. So initially, um, is it fair to say like you didn't necessarily have comedic aspirations or were you thinking of that early on? No, I mean, day, I want to say day two of, of NYU, my freshman year, I did an open mic for the Welcome Week event. And I always knew I wanted to do stand up a little bit, um, but it wasn't until I want to say sophomore year of college that I really started going to comedy clubs, doing bringer shows. I mean, I was still part of the theater program there, you know, but I, you know, going on. Yeah. I think I always kind of had aspirations for that. I don't know. A part of me just felt like that was always going to be the road at some point, you know, I mean, I played music my whole life though. Okay. Even like I was looking at, um, I was obviously doing a, a bunch of research for this and in terms of like being a, a full-time comedian, you're still like early into that, right? Like three, three, four years. Oh yeah. Yeah. Being a full-time performer. I don't know where my phone is and it keeps going off and I feel bad, but I, maybe it doesn't pick it up. Hopefully. No, I I, listen, this, anyway, this is casual anyway. No worries. Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm about, I'm a little over two and a half years in being full-time performer media and I will say that it's been pretty cool. You know, I make, I probably make a teacher's salary if I had to guess. Which after two years is insane. I mean, you've had some massive opportunities that a lot of other people do not get. 
Well, I'll, I'll, I mean, I was doing comedy for 10 years before I quit my day job, you know? Ah, uh, okay. So, I mean, I've had opportunities, but, you, you know, I think a lot of us in L.A., are, we're all one deal away from being a millionaire, but we just don't know what it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there's, you know, I'm not saying anything new here by saying that there's like a certain stigma that goes along with comedians who play music. I've seen you even reference this yourself. Uh, was that a hurdle that you had to overcome at all or are still overcoming? Like when you, when you start out a show that people don't know you at? I, I don't see it as a hurdle anymore because I'm, I'm really confident in my ability. Uh, I, I've never seen a crowd where, you know, before like I felt like I had to prove myself, but I, I don't feel like I have to prove myself anymore. Mm. And I think that's given me a lot of power going forward and performing live. You know, I think it, it, it's like an exponential growth at a certain point, you kind of hit this breaking point, like, okay, I know what I can do. Um, and that's what, you know, it's so funny. When I first started doing stand-up, I would do stupid shit. Like I would, you know, count how many people were in the crowd. And then I would, what did I do? I count how many people were in the crowd. I, I just don't, God, I just was about to say something about it. Like I just did these things where I, I wanted people to like me. I would count how many people were in the crowd. Like, Oh, oh, I would, I would try to like have credits for them to say. Oh. And then now at this point in my career, I, the credits don't matter. And I think a lot of comedians who are successful, if sometimes I'll host a show and I'll, I'll say, I'll go to the, the comedian that I'm about to introduce. I'll say, what do you want me to say? And they'll be like, if they're really successful, they'll be like, ah, I don't know. Say whatever. They don't, they don't care, you know? Mm because they know that they're funny so they're going to go on stage and kill it anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense to me. But but if you are starting out and you have a small credit, it, you know, it does help a little bit to to get the crowd on your side. Like, oh, if he's was on TV, he has outside validation from something, you know? Well, how early on did you realize or did you figure out uh like how crucial it would be to incorporate the crowd into your act. That, that actually was never something I wanted to do. I, I was really afraid of it because it's something that I didn't think I was good at. And I still don't think that I'm amazing at it. I think I'm all right. Um, oh, come on. But, but no, but, but you, but see, I have the guitar with me and uh, the guitar for me feels like a shield you know, uh. because if, if I, if I do a crowd work bit that doesn't go well, I could just sing a couple lines of what I just said. And then everybody kind of laughs a little bit, you know what I mean? So in, in that, if I'm being honest in that respect, like I am cheating a little bit, but it's, it's just another talent like anything else, you know? Um, I, it's interesting. We're talking about this cause it's like stand up. I don't know if anybody has a talent to be a stand-up comedian because I think it's a skill and a technique, different things that could be learned over time. Like really little things like rule of threes, move the microphone out of the way, out of the way, use the microphone as a prop. Use, you know, like there's little technical things that you can do, right. That can be learned. Um, whereas maybe somebody who's, who has, who's musical or 
can do impressions, like those are talents that can be incorporated into a stand-up set. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. That does make sense. I'm just talking it out now. Maybe it doesn't make sense. I haven't really thought about it like that before. It makes sense to me because I listen to a lot of like comedians podcasts. Um, So while I'm not a comedian myself, like a lot of that stuff, that sounds familiar to me. And I know that, you know, the bits you're doing, you've done before. And so maybe you can sort of anticipate people's reactions. But even so, I guess that there's a real skill to being really quick and sort of the charisma that you have. Um, Yeah. To sort of keep things moving, like it's a little bit awkward for the for the for the viewer, right? For the person in the audience, um, right? But I mean, you you have like a a really good grasp of psychology. I think, if if that's fair to say, um, I, I think it's funny. I think it's interesting you say that because I think I'm somebody who's an empath, empathetic, and I also have anxiety. And I think people who are anxious people are very empathetic. Um, and a lot of those people are comedians and a, a big part of being a comedian is seeing something from different points of view. Right. So, you know, obviously there are comedians that really go rag hard on things they see. Like Bill Burr is a good example. Mm. Um, but he's mean quote mean on stage in a way, but he's like one of the nicest people you'll ever meet in person. That's funny because I'm, I can be quite anxious. Like, I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah. But it's funny that, because both in the songs and both in the crowd work, you're, you're pointing out things that uh, are very common experiences, right? So even, mm-hmm. uh, uh, forgive me for forgetting the song name, but it's like uh, the song when, when you're sleeping and like the big toe scratching the girl and then like the guy farts on her leg and stuff like that, right? Like Oh, the, um, the, the one where they share a bed together? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you, you, when you're making your way around the room, so like Les and I were sharing the chair and she's sitting on my leg and you say something like, you know, like, yo, dude, I think your leg's probably falling asleep right now. And I'm like, fuck, my leg is falling asleep right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I honestly, bro, I don't know how you did that the whole show. That's why I was like, don't be afraid to tell her to fucking get off. You know, I don't, I don't care. I don't care what size woman a person's dating. Like if they're on, if somebody's on your leg for two hours, the shit's going to fall asleep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's just funny. Like, yeah, you like, as you went around the room, you pointed those things out. Um, but that's why I say like, you had a really good grasp of, of human psychology. Um, and I was like, I was thinking the whole time, like, have you ever had somebody who has reacted negatively to that? No, I think music is a bridge that links us all. And I know that sounds cheesy, but... It's very poetic. Because because my, my... Everything about my musical aspect of my act, it, it, I would like to describe it as warm. Warmth. Ah. Warmth, you know? Uh, even the nylon strings I use on my guitar, they have a warmer sound than steel strings. Um my voice is a little bit, uh, I want to say breathy, you know, and some, I've been told it's like emotional, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's a matter of, I haven't had, I haven't come into an issue yet with it. Okay. Um, most of what I saw you perform and a lot of what I've seen you do that's out there on the internet 
is a lot of like uh, interaction, uh, human interaction based relationships and stuff like that. Uh, the record that you referenced and that you gave me the postcard for that I checked out, you know, is all mm. like comedic love songs in a way. Um, yeah. Is is the next project that comes out, um, you know, either on iTunes or whatever, like the next like album type of a, a project, is that going to cover the same type of content or are you uh, thinking of branching out? I don't know. So you're, it's weird. I, that hour that I, I gave you, um, that was just a speculative hour. Um, at the time, that was over a year ago. And, and since that time, I've written, I don't know, three or four more new songs, a couple of new jokes. Um, I think the new hour that I'm going to work on is going to try to incorporate both in a very smooth way. Um, for example, I'm going, I'm going to the fringe festival in August. Do you know what that is? The Ja Rule one? No, the fringe festival. I don't, (laughs) I don't know. Sorry. So no, it's okay. So in Scotland, it's in Scotland. They have a month long festival. It's the biggest theater festival in the world with, with about 800 shows a day. Whoa. And um, I'll be there for a full month performing my hour every night. Whoa. You know? So I think with, with, with incorporating my, my stand-up and the music, I'm going to learn a lot about the hour that I want to create, you know? And hopefully by then I'll have some more jokes written and find ways to frame it. Um, it just happened that at the time, all the material that was, was mostly about dating, you know? Got you. You just had, um, I think it's fair to say, like a really uh, a big year, huh? A successful year in terms of yeah. Your- last year was pretty good in terms of comedy. I, I did two major, two of the major comedy festivals in America, and I made my TV debut with three national appearances. All right, so I want to talk about that. Um, I'm going to reference some like videos I've seen specifically. I'm not trying to sound cool. Like I don't have TV, so I don't know a lot about shows that are out right now. Uh, but the okay. show you were on was, it, 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 am I correct in saying it was essentially like sort of like an American Idol type of a show, but for yeah. comedy? It was kind of a reboot of Last Comic Standing um, oh, okay. called Bring the Funny. Uh, yeah, and it was, it, was, it was supposed to be a different vibe, very positive kind of thing. No, I saw, all right. So um, I saw you do some of the the songs that you had done at the show that that I saw. So... Like the, you, you yeah. did, you did split the check. Right. And you're, yeah. I just thought it was like, it was really brilliant because like you, you're doing it to, for, uh, Chrissy Teigen, right. Who I'm sure mm-hmm. you're aware of like who she's married to. And so you're asking her questions yeah. that like you likely know the answer to, but there's no unfunny wrong answer to like, do you split the check? Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think what happens with that, I've done it enough where I kind of have a response for every scenario. Yeah. Um, I and, and it's funny. There, the crowd interactions that I write into my songs now, I can intercut them in other songs. So, for example, I have a song called "Bro," where I bring a guy on stage, <laughs> and I go, "Hey, bro, what? Hey, bro, what's your name?" And he'll be like, Mike. And I'll be like, oh my God, that's a cool name. I've never heard that name before. (laughs) Okay, so for the Chrissy Teigen performance, I took that joke and I put it in the the, the, her interaction. Yeah, when you said John. What's your husband's name? 
John. And I said, oh my God, that's a cool name. <laughs> and it's funny because John is the most common name of all time. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So, you know, I have another bit where I'll make everybody take their phones out and record me making a sound and then they play it back all at the same time and it kind of sounds like a, a school of whales. It kind of sounds weird. But um, yeah, the, 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 it wasn't until about three years ago that I was like, okay, I have to write in crowd work into every song as much as I can because this is what people are requesting the most. And I think the reason why they request it, they, it makes the night special. Mm. You, you know what I mean? Because like, if you see straight stand up, the guy, the the comedian's gonna the the guy, the girl, the comedian's gonna do their their jokes the same every time. There's gonna be no deviation. So if you see Jim Gaffigan on a Thursday night doing his hour, and you see him on a Saturday night doing an hour, it's gonna be the same jokes, and you're gonna be like, well, I feel like I saw this already. Um, if you see me, it's gonna feel different because. The, the only thing that changes is the person I pick out mm. and that immediately makes the show unique. It, it, you know what I mean? And what I've learned is that everybody wants to feel like they're a part of something special that can't be duplicated, you know? And I think that's why the crowd work portion is so important. Yeah, that's Which cool. is so funny because a lot of comedians and a, I think industry people, they don't want you to do crowd work because they think it's, it means you can't write material. Ah, uh. But what I thought was so cool about that performance was, you know, uh, calling out Tim Vetter, right, at an industry city in Brooklyn is like low stakes. <laughs> There's no pressure there. But you're on yeah. national TV and you're incorporating Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy and like Kenan Thompson and Chrissy right. Teigen into your act. Were you nervous at all? Like, were you freaking out in your head? I was very nervous because, specifically for those performances, because they are all entertainers. So I think what made me nervous was, are they going to also try to entertain and be a star of the show here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes you, 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 when I pick somebody out in the crowd, I think especially at your show, the guy I picked out for the bro song, he was an actor. So if you pick out an actor, they're going to be like, I'm also in the show now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you don't, you don't know what they're going to say. They might try to say something funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you did really well and they received you really well. Um, I'm a, I, I'm guessing if, if there was a winner of the show, I guess you didn't win. I didn't win. I made it to the top 12. Um, a Whoa. sketch group ended up winning. Um, they, they had a strong, you know, this was one of the first times a show did internet voting. So you had to vote online instead of calling in. Yeah. Um, most of the people who watch network television now are a, a bit older. Uh, I mean, I think you're a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I perform for 18 year olds to 22 year olds pretty regularly. Mm. And I know for a fact that they don't watch television. Yeah. They don't watch television at all. So Anybody who liked me and the, and the sketch group had a huge online following. I'm not trying to discredit them or say they weren't funny because they, they're a really good sketch group. Um, but they had the most, uh, they, they, they had the most followers and they, that's one of the things that had them come out on top of the victory. Well, now that this is like a, a, a real metric for success, but if you look at the clips that they posted, uh, that the show posted that you're on, like on YouTube, the YouTube comments are all positive and you never see, 
You never see that. Yeah, yeah. Have you checked that out? You know what? Uh, it's funny you bring that up, man, because I, I would agree with that. Like, if you look at my own YouTube channel, the the ratio of thumbs up to thumbs down is is like really good. Mm. So, I've had I've been having this conversation with a friend of mine about how you know my audience base is small, but I think it's, they're super strong. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes Where sense. If you're an influencer who you know, a lot of the people who have millions and millions of followers, a lot of these people are way younger and they're not going to be buying tickets to your shows. They might buy some merch here and there, but, you know, I feel like I have a strong base. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, what you're, you're actually doing, like you referenced influencers. I'm not trying to hate on that. Like some people are quite successful with that and that's an amazing way to make money. Uh, like very recently I recorded uh, with somebody and we recorded at a hotel in Brooklyn and they gave us like this really cool space outside, but they were like, don't make too much noise because these influencers are coming in and they're going to be in the tent next to you. And they all show up, they take their pictures and leave. So they, they didn't actually stay there or anything. Like they, uh, they made it seem yeah. like they had. So like they're not actually offering anything, but um, yeah, not to hate on that, but. Um, sure, sure. Like did, did the show change anything for you? Like I, I have a friend who was on The Voice and then I know somebody who was just on one of those other shows. It was, it's the one with like, with J-Lo. I, I don't remember what yeah, it's called. The dance one, the dance one. Uh, world, of, world, world of Dance or something It's like not that. dance. Uh, maybe I'm getting my people wrong. I'm sorry that I'm, but well, it's... to answer your question though, did, did, it, did it change anything? It, you know, I definitely, I got verified. I got the blue check mark on yeah. social media, which is a little bit of clout. Um, career wise, it didn't it meet the expectations that I thought it would. Uh, I really thought that that, you know, one minute clip I had with Chrissy Teigen was really going to put me in a different yeah. section, but it's, nobody cares. <laughs> so, and they, it's easily forgotten about, you know what I mean? So, um, I, it's, it, it's helpful. It was, I mean, most of all, it was helpful to me because it, it gave me a certain sense of validation that I was searching for for so long, you know, like Morgan, you made it on television. You performed the songs that you said you would on television and you achieved that goal. You know, like one of my goals was to be a touring comic and perform at colleges. And I achieved that goal. Another one was to make it on television and I achieved that goal. So it gave me a sense of validation going forward. When I book a, an event here or there, I, I just feel more confident, you know? Yeah. Are those college gigs the ones that pay the best right now? They, yeah, colleges pay the best. I, I was just in Georgia last week. I'm going to Arkansas on Wednesday. And then next, at the end of the month, I go to, uh, I go to Georgia again. And then I go to Florida, you know, so um, they do pay well. I think most comics will tell you if you could book one college a year, that's I, one college a month. I'm sorry, one college a month. That's ideal because it's a little bit of traveling. It pays the rent and it allows you to do other things in town. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not trying to turn this political, but I'm thinking like, I'm wondering if you have to change up your act at colleges because even um, like the intro to your record where you're, you're talking about like touching uh, <laughs> titties and stuff like that, right? Like, obviously, mm -hmm. I don't think anything that you're putting out is like so racy or, or, or crazy, 
But considering like the social and political climate right now in this country, do you have to, are, are you conscious of that when you're playing? Do you have to think about that? Uh, yeah, I, I have to be totally conscious about that. You know, I think, I, I think we talked about how I had an incident um, in North Carolina with a student who she left after, I don't know, five minutes of my show and didn't stick around for the whole show. And if you watch a whole show of mine, I, I don't think I'm somebody who you, you, you watch and you think has mal intent, you know? Yeah. So she, essentially she, she had accused me of normalizing rape culture on campus. And, um, the thing was like the, the school kind of backed me up and where they were like, we didn't see any issue. And she had tagged me in a post and, um, I kind of wish she would have just sent me a DM and we could have discussed it because I'm not, it, you know, when you, when you tag somebody or put it in an open forum like that, you, you, you basically, you, you're, you're giving somebody the opportunity they have to, to defend themselves in front of a mob. You know, yeah. the mob has already made up their mind. So there's no, it's really hard to have a discussion that leads to progress. You know what I mean? So with regards to, to like be on campus, you do have to be careful with what you say because a lot of students are a little bit younger and I'm not trying to discredit their truth. Um, but I think there's a lot more nuance to certain issues in the world than they see it as black, you know, they see it as like black and white, you know? Yeah. And again, like, I'm not trying to be super political, but like, I don't know, I don't know what comedy looks like when you shrink wrap all of it, you know, and make it safe for everybody. Like the, I don't know that comedy well, my, exists my anymore. Comedy, my comedy is kind of what it looks like when you make it pretty safe. Cause I, I don't really talk about race. I don't talk about religion and I don't talk about politics. Mm. Uh, and those are all the hot, hot buzz stuff. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's I talk true. about love, I talk about dating, I talk about relationships because that's on a you know, that's the most common denominator I think we could all relate on. Do you have to um do you have to work any like regular jobs to to support yourself as well? At the moment, I don't have any regular jobs, no. Oh, it's yes. all comedy or acting related. I think uh I worked uh, for the, for 10 years that I was working, I worked at the Apple store. I worked at the container store. I worked as a tour guide in New York city. I also worked as a task rabbit employee. Wow. Uh, I did private it work. I did freelance video editing. I sang at children's parties. I did weddings. Um, I did catering. I did basically anything. I also did like Uber for a week or two. Wow. So I think um, that's the, the immigrant parents in me that kind of teach you to, to work your ass off and, to, you know, don't be too proud to do any job, you know? It's funny you say that. Have you ever have you ever just Googled yourself and I don't know what they call it, but when they fill in the search, like when you first just put in like Morgan J and you see all the possible searches based upon what people usually search, have you ever done that? Yeah, I just did it right now, and now uh, I show up at the top, which is nice. What's the what's the, what's the first thing under your name after it says Morgan J? It's videos, and it's all the NBC stuff. Really? Because yeah. earlier today, 
Earlier today, I was in a coffee shop and I was watching some of your stuff and I just put in Morgan J to Google and like the first thing that popped up under Morgan J was Morgan J ethnicity. And I was like, what? Really? <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's different for me because maybe Google like kind of tailors it to, you know, Morgan J. Yeah, some of this stuff makes no sense to me. Where are your folks from? Oh, the advocate. My mother's from Brazil and my father is from, I should look more stuff up. Maybe there's some more stuff I could put. Oh, that's, that's in Connecticut. I see. Sorry. Uh, my mother's from Brazil and my father is from Sicily, but he grew up in Argentina. Ah, okay. So you can, you speak Italian and Spanish? No, I speak Spanish and Portuguese. Uh, okay. Portuguese. Yeah. I heard you speaking Spanish on the, yeah. on the platform. To, yeah, to I do, I do, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do joke around with the, the different languages and stuff. Um, another, uh, another video that I thought was awesome with somebody in it that people may have heard of uh, is <laughs> you, did, you did a song with Daryl from The Office with, I think, Craig Robinson is his name, right? I did. That was such a cool way to round out 2019, man. That was... December, I want to say 23rd or 29th or something. It was at the end of the last, uh, at the end of 2019. And I was asked by D Ray Davis to host essentially the black night at the comedy club. There's like the urban night or whatever you want to call it. Uh Um, There's chocolate Sundays, there's Monday rays. um, But most of the comics are are African-American and you know, there's a couple of white comics that go through. Anyway, Point being, um, I got asked to host a show and then Craig Robinson, who lives in LA, he dropped in and he saw, I was hosting and he saw me do my split the check song. It killed. So then I got off stage and I talked to him. He's like, Hey, when I go up there, why don't you stay up there with me? And then I was up on stage with him for like 30 minutes, just fiddling around, hanging out with them. It was, it was super cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, super cool. I mean, there's yeah. You know, the journey of being a comedian is really crazy because you can be making a living. We're all on the front lines no matter what. And um, you can be going, you could be on stage and then right after you go up, you know, Dave Chappelle goes up or whoever goes up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see a lot of those, you know, at like the comedy store and in places like that out in LA. And it's just, it's all killers. Like it's just, it's insane. But, you know, I feel I'm grateful. I, mean, I feel like I'm holding my own. Yeah. You know? I saw the, um, I saw that you have the Ass Man license plate sticker on your guitar. So I do. Yeah. That, that Ass Man is a reference to Seinfeld. I'm, I'm a big Seinfeld fan. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, I was assuming like that must be uh, an early influence. But who else are your comedic influences? Uh, my favorite comic, one of my favorite comics is Rory Scovel. I say this all the time and I think a lot of comics will agree that he's probably one of their favorites. I uh, love Rory Scovel, love Reggie Watts. Um, Dave Chappelle is also a huge one for me. Mm. I love Nate Bargatze. Um, they all have very different styles, but uh, you know, there's something about them that's so so cool. You know. Yeah, that's cool. I saw um, uh, you've got a lot of some of it's a, a bit older, I think, but you've got a lot of really funny content on your Instagram account, like. Uh, <laughs> the, the, I don't know why this is cracking me up earlier today, but the tangerines 
uh, sketch that you did? Oh, yeah. That was so crazy. <laughs> We've literally filmed that in five minutes. It's like, no offense by this, it's so stupid, but it's so funny. Yeah. And I, I was cracking up at that at the coffee shop earlier in between coughing and like having people move away from me thinking I have Corona. But um, are, are you, do you have any aspirations? You to- know, I, I told a joke. I told a joke yesterday on stage about how when people used to sneeze, everybody would say, God bless you. And now when people sneeze, they're like, get the fuck away from me, you disgusting, vile piece of shit. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true for New York right now. Um, but I do, hate to be in New York. I, I mean, I, I think being on the, I actually just booked a show in Washington State. Oh, boy. <laughs> they had like the first corona death there. So now I'm like, Oof, do I go there? Like, what do I do? Yeah, they've got like 10 so, deaths now. Listen, you know, whatever happens, happens, man. Maybe this is maybe this is what solves climate change. You know, killing off a two percent uh, of the population. It might be. Which what what is two percent of a billion of seven billion? You know, uh, it's it's a lot. Let's let's, let's find out. Seven zero 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 times point. Two. No, it's point oh two. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. You're totally right. The teacher, right? Again. A hundred and it's only a hundred and forty million people. That's not quite. That's actually not a big dent in the population. If you're one of those people, it's a big dent. Yeah, that'd be wild, bro. Knock on wood. But um, <laughs> do you... So I was watching those today, right? And I was thinking like, what you do translates really well to like sketch, doing sketches and sketch comedy. Have you ever yeah. thought about trying to like turn that into, into a show or a YouTube uh, series or something like that? Yeah, last year I got the opportunity to pitch a TV show to a couple different uh, networks. No, nobody was interested, but uh, I learned a lot about that process. And I think going forward, I'll, 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 I have other ideas for stuff. I mean, I like to perform live. It's funny, dude. I like to perform live. I hate to travel, but I have to do both. So it's figuring out a balance, man. The whole thing is a balance. Is the I don't sh- know what else I'd be happy doing, you know. Is the show idea sketches? It's a it's a it's a mixture of sketch, uh, man on the street stuff like Billy Eichner, yeah, uh, music music stuff like Little Dicky and Flight of the Concords and things like that. Yeah, that's cool. I saw um, uh, your physical comedy is really funny, man. Like um, I saw the the I guess it. it it didn't make, um, they didn't actually like publish it, but the, the Wendy's video that you posted. <laughs> yeah, that was another one, man. Damn, dude. My career is a series of things that almost happened. <laughs> you know, what, why, why didn't, why didn't that make it? The, the truth behind that was, <laughs> it's really funny. They, they, um, the, the price of meat skyrocketed. At the time, so the actual, the cost to make the burger didn't make sense for how much they were going to sell it for. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's what the writer of the commercial told me. He goes, I ran into him at an audition. He was like, look, 
you were so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, we actually use this ad in our, um, like advertising reel, but the price of beef was too expensive. So they never made the commercial. Cause they never made that type of burger. They'd never made that type of burger. That's wild. <laughs> and that, that commercial will never air because, um, that girl, Wendy who played Wendy, she doesn't do it anymore. So. Yeah. But they like, I guess they yeah. gave you like, they gave you copy. Like that's how you got that video. Yeah. I found that I got the copy from the director's website. Oh, they didn't even send it to you. They didn't even send it to me now. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. Have you, um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier sort of like the, the DIY ethic. And one thing that's great about being in the creative industries now is that um, there's a lot of freedom in the sense that we've, with the internet, we've eliminated the middleman. And in a lot of yeah. ways, we've eliminated the people who've been able to exploit creative industries for so long. So um, yeah, I think about this a lot and, and I actually have friends who are influencers who they, they are, you know, they have meetings with agents at big agencies and they're, and a lot of the agencies will make these offers to them, but they're already doing so well. The question is, well, what can you do for me that I'm not already doing? You know what I'm saying? For sure. And I even think of like, if you think of like movie reviews, right? Like you used to have to open up the paper and see the Siskel and Ebert reviews and now that's kind of bullshit because like any, the, you, you can be an 18 year old wh who loves sci-fi and you, you have a YouTube channel where you're just reviewing sci-fi books and movies and it's quite popular and you're making ad revenue or in, endorsements and stuff like that. But the, the flip side of that is you have to do all the labor for that now. Um, so I'm wondering like, I think, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just wondering like, um, if there was ever a point where, where you were feeling sort of down on this, cause you said you've been doing it for a while and things have been kind of popping off in this last year. Uh, but was, was there ever a point where you were like, eh, I'm going to give this up and do something a little more, uh, I don't know if typical is the, the word, but something a little more mainstream. I think, uh, I think, you know, what we're talking about is that there's like, I feel like a, a middle-class performer now. Ah. There used to be celebrities and stars and movie stars, and then there were there was everybody else. And now there's a pl a space for for people to to make a living doing making their own content and being entertainers. But it's all it's it is a lot more work. It is a lot more a lot more work. And if you're not killing it, like I have a friend who has an editor you know, he has over a million followers. So, so now he has a booking manager, he has an editor, he has this, he has that, you know what I mean? So, mm. well, I, well, I mean, I'm going to try to pivot. I'm working with a social media guy to help to start making content. I mean, if you look at the last two video posts, mm. I've like formatted it the right way. I have, I'm doing all the little th things that you do, you know? I guess there's no escaping that, huh? If like if in today's uh, there's no there's no escaping it. I, I don't I don't see a future anytime soon where it goes back to a normal model. I mean, less and less people are going to the movies, less and less people are watching TV. You know, why would you watch a television show when you can go on TikTok mm. and watch for thirty minutes 
every, you know what I mean? Of, of immediate gratification. Yeah. So I guess you like that's a, an integral part of strategizing, like how to market yourself now is all of the different social media platforms. Right, right. Yeah. So that's the, that's the struggle. And, and, and on top of all of that is like maintaining a living, mm. um, staying ahead. It's, it's all, it's all, it's all hard, but you got to be able to deal with ambiguity and you got to be able to pivot is what I think, you know? Well, lay out this year for me. Like you mentioned the Fringe Festival. Um, yeah, so that's the, that's the big goal of this year. You know, I have a couple of college gigs lined up. Um, the, my main goals this year are to audition more and uh, go to the Fringe Festival. Uh, I'm in the middle of raising money with a GoFundMe to go to the Fringe Festival. I'm just trying to raise $5,000. Um and if, I'm not going to go into full detail of what the fringe is, but it, it is a good opportunity for performers like myself who, you know, struggle a little bit, who want to get noticed more, who, who, who are doing something unique that might not fit into a, a, a perfect box for the industry in Hollywood or New York, you know, um, because I am doing jokes, I'm doing improv, I'm doing music and all, and all those sort of things. So uh, it's a fringe festival. It's one month. I'm doing a show every night for an hour. I mean, I'm doing my show every night in the same theater um, at Fringe, along with a handful of other shows. And, you know, hopefully I'll get some notoriety there. I'll get noticed or something. And I could take that, those reviews and that footage back to, to LA and, and maybe use it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do you, do you feel, I mean, because of uh, your opportunities from last year, is there any pressure to sort of meet and like exceed what you did last year? Not anymore. I think as soon as the show is over, I had a lot of anxiety about what's next. Cause I, I, like, as if the next thing I do after this has to be even better, mm. you know? Uh, but then I kind of got over that and I was like, all right, well, how are you going to change? How are you going to deal with this? And I think this is my way of dealing with it, creating a project for myself that is, is exciting for me. Cool. In terms of, um, I think the last like album, album right came out a couple few years ago, maybe even like 2015, right? Yeah. Uh, is there anything on the horizon for that that people could check out? Sorry, I have my. I mean, I have my hour long special. It's on my website, um, and that's that's for people who see me live and for the diehard fans. You know, if they go and they they like me and they take time to look through my website they will find it. I don't advertise it hard because I want the opportunity to have it produced by a major network mm. or streaming platform, you know? Yeah. And I'll tell people, you know, um, we'll link this stuff through the show notes, but even like your YouTube channel and stuff like that, I actually like, I really appreciate the fact that it's kind of apolitical I'm thinking of what I was watching earlier, just like the the one of you and your dog. Um, like it's just it's oh yeah, it's so silly. But in this day and age, when like everything's Trump and everything right now is the Democratic debates, and you just want to shut that stuff off for a little bit and get something that's sort of, I mean, mindless sort of sounds insulting, and I don't mean it that way. But something that like you don't have to think about all that crap, uh, and it doesn't. No, it's, you know what it is. You know what somebody described it as? It's comic relief. Uh, for comic relief. Ah, that's interesting. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Um, comic relief for comic relief. 
it's like, man, I need some comic relief from this other comic relief. That's just too much. You but, know? but you could even see the, uh, it's almost like maybe a little bit of a Kramer influence or like an Adam Sandler type of influence. And I called it physical comedy earlier. It's not necessarily physical comedy in the sense that like, like slapstick where like Kramer's falling and like running into doors and shit like that. But, uh, your facial (laughs) expressions, uh, and body language in those videos are really hilarious. So, uh, I would, uh, ask people to go, to go check that stuff out too. And and yeah, please do to give that Um, a watch. I'm I'm assuming we're kind of wrapping it up. Is that what it sounds like? Um, yeah, I was heading that way, but, uh, I mean, we don't have to, if, but if no, you, I was just saying, cause then I could, I could plug the things that I want to plug. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's go all. ahead. That'd be great. You just, let, you just let me know. Yeah. Let's plug stuff. Yeah. So the best thing to do is go to my website, which is morganj.com. Um, there is an email list right at the top. Uh, and I will email you when I come to your city. I, I will say I'm traveling less. So it might be a while till I get there, but morganj.com. And then my Instagram at morganj is the main thing. And you don't know this yet, but as long as it's cool with you, infused within this episode, right before this conversation, after my intro, I'll have a song. And then right after this, I'll have a song, if that's cool with you. So that uh, people... That's totally fine. Cool. Yeah. So people can hear that stuff. Um, and then I'll link, obviously, to like the, the iTunes and, and to your website and stuff like that, too, so yeah. people can find it. That's all good, man. Yeah. Cool. And people should check out So Far Sounds, too. Uh, do you have any of those coming up? I'm doing one in L.A., I have one in San Francisco and one in LA coming up and then I'm going to try to do one in Scotland when I'm out there. But I do, I do at least oh, one, a month, one, one a month. Yeah. We went to one in, um, oh shit. We were, uh, in Madrid in Spain. Uh, and the, the, how was it? Ah, well it was, I mean, everything was in Spanish. So I like, uh, my partner Leslie can speak Spanish, so I couldn't understand it, but it was awesome. Like we, we've also gone in San Francisco. Yeah, They're really cool to check out in places that are not the city that you live in. Right, 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 right. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, listen, man. Um, man. Yeah, this was great. And I appreciate you. And I think your comedy is really awesome. And I think people should should check you out. And so I appreciate you giving me the time of day today. Oh, dude, I'm I'm glad you you followed up and we made it happen. And I'll be in New York probably in the springtime at some point. So you'll be hearing about me. Awesome. That is a wrap on episode number 145 and my conversation with Morgan J. That first song that you heard before the conversation that we had is called Split the Check. But again, you can look at the show notes for that. And then the song that's going to play just after this little outro talk is called Dot, Dot, Dot. I forget to mention at the outset that there's a few people that you should check out that have played so far sound shows that I've really liked in particular. One of those I've had on the podcast, that's Randy Mason. He's a hip-hop performer from Harlem, Another is Annika Bennett, that's Annika with a K, and she plays like acoustic stuff. She's based out of Nashville. I thought she kind of sounded like Julian Baker. Uh, she played some really lovely songs, so I like that, so check her out. Uh, Liberation Era is a duo from New York. We saw them play in Williamsburg, and they did some covers, like really cool stuff. They did uh, Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody. That's my wedding song. Uh, my mom's getting married in a week and I requested that song be played. That's kind of weird. Anyway, uh, they also covered um, uh, Sunday Candy by Chance the Rapper. So that was really cool. Uh, I would also recommend that you go check out a So Far Sound show out of state. 
or out of the country. Those are really cool. And they always do a roll call at the beginning of those shows. And they say like, who's, you know, who's uh, their first time here or who's here from out of state, who's here from out of country. And that's a really cool, like welcoming thing that they do that makes you kind of part of the show. So I would recommend checking it out in your city, but also checking it out outside of your city. I can't remember this guy's name, but we saw this really cool spoken word performance in San Francisco. More recently, there was a group that we saw here again in Williamsburg. They were called Lem Lam. They're from New York and they said they have a record coming out soon. Really cool, like dreamy kind of guitar stuff. Just two guys and two guitars. Uh, a little bit reminded me of like Stransvoke. Um, so yeah, cool stuff. Check out any of them and also check out Morgan. Please go to the show notes. You'll find all that stuff. And like I said, to play us out here is his song, Dot, Dot, Dot. So thanks everybody for listening. Hope you liked this one. I'll catch you next time. And as always, please, please, please take care of each other. Bye-bye. Okay, this song uh, is about text fighting, and it's called Dot, Dot, Dot. <laughs> Seven o'clock on a Friday, I'm all alone Gonna text my girlfriend on her iPhone Hey babe, do you wanna go see a movie? But the way she hits me back Tonight I'm not free What you doing? I'm going dancing, gonna come? No, tonight it's just me and my girlfriends Well maybe after I can see you I'll wait a moment or two and then I see and now the typing stops What was she gonna say? I need to know <clears throat> Maybe I miss you Then she dropped her cell phone There's got to be a good explanation But then again she hasn't used an exclamation point In like three days instead at the end of all her sentences She uses periods I thought she loved me I gotta know girl Why so serious And she stopped using LOLOLOLs We've been drifting apart I can tell Dot 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 And then the typing stops Ten o'clock Gonna drop her a message just saying hi. <laughs> I'll wait and I'll wait before I know it. I said not one, not two, not three, not four, but five consecutive messages. Oh my God, why did I do that? 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 Oh my God, she's typing. Hey, that's all she says. That's kind of whack. I freak out. Where are you? Why don't you text me back? Chill out, babe. Everything's fine. <laughs> me and my girls, we at the club. We drinking lots of rosé. Wine, okay, just let me know if you need a ride. No thanks, I'll just take an ooh.
guys, there's five more minutes left at this part of the song. <laughs> Stop it! Stop! Stop! At this point, I lose it! Do you even want to see me tonight? She begs, can we just talk in person? Too late, now we're in the middle of a fight. You always do this. Do what? You act like a jealous, clingy guy. Well, maybe I wouldn't have to if you didn't say till three in the morning every night. He, 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 cat emoji. <laughs> what does that even mean? Sorry, that was for somebody else. Who? <laughs> you see, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Who was it? Do you really want to have this conversation right now? Like, what are we even doing? Like, what? Like, what is this? Like, what? Like, what are you? Like, what? I'm a ghost now. I start typing and then I stop. I start typing and then I stop. I'm not sending. She says, What? She finally used an exclamation. But you know what? 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 You know I'm gonna put my phone away. I'll just wait till the next day. I'll wake up all alone. Looking at the train wreck on my iPhone. Will we break up? Or will we stay together? That's when I see, that's when I see. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, 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 dot. 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 And then the typing stops. <laughs>